Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. The things that we're doing. But here's the deal. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Really? I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Art Markman. And this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, we'll explore the ins and outs of greed. One thing to think about is that we actually come wired more than anything else for engaging in a variety of different kinds of social interactions, mm -hmm. some of which are more selfish because we do have to attract a mate, feed a family, protect that family, and some of which are more uh, collectivist and some of which are more altruistic. There are times where we will do things that are not necessarily in our own individual best interests, but are in the best interests of the other people around us. Mm -hmm. And all of these things, I think, are capacities that, that all of us have. And then, you know, some combination of our environment and some of the initial wiring that sets some of the tuning of our motivational system, what we often think of as our personality, all of those characteristics come together to create what feels most natural for a particular individual. And I would say in part, when somebody says greed is an instinct, I think what they mean is greed is instinctual for me, meaning I am set in a way that tends to be relatively selfish. And so my natural desire is to do something that's selfish. And to the extent that I do something that is really more for the good of the people around me, it's an effort. I feel like I'm overcoming something internal. But I don't think that's a universal state of affairs. I think yeah. there are lots of people whose initial instinct is really to do something for someone else. I think we underestimate how uh, various things in our life experience become associated with other things, such that the characteristics of one thing are now transferred to the other thing. If we think about greed as hoarding, you know, like I've got a lot of stuff, but I want more stuff because I'd have more stuff. I, I mean, then you might think about well, what would be the reasons that someone would connect having larger numbers appear on the bottom line of their bank account than not. Because it's really an interesting thing, right? Because it's several levels of abstraction right. removed from the reinforcing value of that, right? I mean, look, we have to take care of each other. As, as something Bob has said often, is that we are a social species. We survive not because of our formidable physical presence. <laughs> Speak for really. yourself. <laughs> I, I just mean, you know, take Take the, 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 the biggest, largest, strongest individual you can think of and put them up next to a bear. Yeah. Okay? And the bear's just got, got I'm, my money's on the bear, mm -hmm. right? Unless there's a bunch of us and we have tools. And then my money's on us. Mm -hmm. And given what we've done to the planet, my money's on us in terms of our ability to dominate most other things on the planet. But in order to be able to do that, we can't be purely greedy in the individual sense right. because if we don't work together and cooperate there there is no opportunity right. for greed one important phenomenon that yeah. i think illustrates our social nature is a phenomenon called altruistic punishment and just as the name suggests it's punishing people in a group that are not contributing or taking more than they deserve, whatever it happens to be, in a way that actually costs you personally. In the short run. In the short run. Here's an example of this kind of altruistic punishment in action in a study. So there's a game that I think we've talked about in the past called the ultimatum game. And the way the game is played, you got two people in the room. So there's Bob and there's me. And they give Bob $10. And then 
Bob has the option of splitting that money with me any way that he chooses. And so he gives me a certain amount of money. Let's say he gives me $3. He keeps seven for himself. He gives me three. Now, the way the game works is I have an option. I can either accept that split, right? In which case I walk away with $3. Bob walks away with seven. Or I can reject it, uh, in which case not, not, neither of us gets anything. And, and so we both lose. Mm-hmm. Now, economists would say in the moment, the way the game is structured, any non-zero offer should be accepted. So if Bob gives me a penny and he keeps $9.99 for himself, then I should accept that because I'm a penny wealthier than I was before. Mm-hmm. Now, in point of fact, the, the more money that Bob offers me, the more likely I am to accept in reality. That is, when you do studies on this, the closer it gets to being fair, that is an equal split, the more likely I am to agree. So if he offers me a penny, I'm not taking it. Yeah. If he offers me a dollar, I might take it. If he offers me three dollars, I'll probably take it. If he offers me five, I'll definitely take it. If he offers me seven, I think he's nuts. <laughs> if he offers me three dollars and I don't take it, so we both walk away with nothing, that is an altruistic punishment. And you could ask yourself, why in the world would anyone ever do that? And the reason is because the belief is this is not the last time that Bob or I will interact with other people in the world. And so what I'm teaching Bob is don't be unfair. Don't be unequal. You know, you, you be unequal and you're going to lose. Right. And, and remember, when Arch says he's teaching me this, it doesn't mean that's his conscious intention. It just means that as we've evolved over time, right, that's what, in effect, it's intended to teach, right? Uh, some of the research that's been done by friends Duvall at Emory illustrate this thing very clearly. You get a monkey to do a task and you reward a monkey with a cucumber, which is a very, you know, a, a nice reward for a monkey. A monkey will take the cucumber and we'll, and, and we'll keep doing this thing to get a cucumber. Monkey in the next cage watching all of this. And then you go to the monkey in the next, next cage, you ask him to do the same thing and you give that monkey a grape. And then uh, you, you go back to the other monkey, you ask him to do the thing in the cucumber, he won't do it anymore. Because he wants the grape. He wants the grape. Yeah, how come he got a grape? I'm not done doing that. You kidding me? No, the thing is, you're getting food that you wouldn't be getting otherwise. But that sense of fairness is so deeply built into our species and other species. That's a fascinating thing. And it sort of illustrates the fact that much of what we're doing in this sense is not just always to benefit us. And we got on this whole thing about talking about greed, right? Is that there are some things built into us that we will actually invest energy and our resources in keeping something bad from happening that would be bad for our group. Yeah, we really are wired in a way that helps us to do certain things that will be beneficial for the group in the long term, even though we may not always get the maximum short-term benefit from something. Next week, it's Odd Facts About Data and the Brain with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford are our engineers. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.